Hi guys, welcome to Hauntedology. My name is Megan. I'm your host and along with my mom, who is your co-host, we tell you stories every week that are of hauntings or paranormal activity in different cities or a city in America and eventually the rest of the world. It is our belief that every city has a story to tell and it's our job to tell it. So we thank you guys for listening and we can't wait to dive into this week's episode. So let's go. James Haversham Jr. was a wealthy cotton planter and also aided the colonies in a fight for their independence. He was also known as a gracious host, generous with his southern hospitality. As such, he dreamed of a home where he could unite his friends and family. So, therefore, construction began on the old pink house in the year of 1771, and it was completed in 1789. Ten years after finishing the construction of his dream home, though, James Habersham Jr. passed away under suspicious circumstances. Why did they someone to build a house, I wonder? I don't know. I guess because it was way back in the day. Yes, that's just grabbing. That's a long time. I know. Hmm. And poor thing, he only got to enjoy it for ten years. Yeah, and he waited almost 24 to be built. <laughs> the old Pink House restaurant is what it's known as today, and it's become the preeminent place for both Southern cuisine and 18th century architecture. The family history of this house is kind of interesting, though. The story of James Habersham Jr. begins as a tale common to many families living in Savannah during the late 18th century. Families were torn tragically apart, caught between misguided loyalty to England and the New World's Revolution. James Jr., one of three sons born to James Habersham Sr., a colonial planter and merchant, and let's not forget one of the richest men in the colony, Senior was also the first person from Georgia to send bales of cotton to England. Apparently, despite being a slave owner, there was seemingly a shred of humanity in his soul as he was the headmaster for Bethesda Orphanage School, the first orphanage in the New World. Senior was also known to be an unapologetically fierce British loyalist, like the Kanye West of all British loyalists. So it was much to his dismay when he found out all three of his sons were all about the colonial calls. And not only were they all about the colonial calls, but they had even joined the Sons of Liberty. Mm-hmm. That made for an interesting holidays. Yeah. Like the literal OGs of the revolution. This act committed by his sons completely broke his heart. Oh, I don't know. Poor fella. The Habersham family now found themselves father against son and son against father. As for James Habersham Jr., his involvement with the cause was a little more subdued compared to his devil-may-care brothers. He didn't join the military like Joseph and the youngest brother, John. He preferred to use his brain, operating behind the scenes, using his vast connections as a merchant to help fund the Revolutionary War's efforts. After the war was won, he proudly served as Speaker of the General Assembly of Georgia in 1782 and again in 1784. Additionally, he served on the Board of Trustees, created in 1785, which established the University of Georgia. Oh, good dogs. Upon completion of the house, it was unfortunately held up by the Brits for the majority of the Revolutionary War. But enough with the history lesson, and let's move on to the actual story of the house. So, it was constructed out of red bricks, and the red bricks were covered with white stucco. Now, raise your hand if this sounds like a good idea to you. No. No. I mean, what what would be the possible purpose of that? I don't know. I mean... Stucco's not even pretty on a good day. (laughs) I mean, that's, yeah, you see it a lot. No, I think Florida is where it's huge. But it's because it's, it's beachy. It's, okay, we're close to the beach, duh. But you don't screw up red brick. 
And then, of course, on top of that was probably that beautiful Confederate red brick that I like so much. Maybe. What would be the purpose? It has been said that the restaurant actually got its famous name because when the red bricks would bleed through the white stucco, the outward appearance would become a pinkish color. Okay. So, Haversham apparently was not so secure with his masculinity and did not want to be known as the guy that lived in the big old pink house. <laughs> this mayhem, chaos, and all-around maddening absurdity routinely went on with him constantly repainting it and working on it and trying to not make it pink. Un- yeah, stop putting stuff on to dimwop. <laughs> <laughs> Until the 1920s when a woman secure with her own femininity ran the home as a tea room, she finally made the only rational decision after hundreds of years of obstinate behavior and painted the place pink. Ta-da. So, this beautiful mansion is one of the more gorgeously colorful sites in Savannah in the historic district, but its beauty is filled with stories from the beyond. One of the darker stories told about the house, to which I might add has no historical evidence to back it up, is that James Haversham Jr. hung himself in the basement where the tavern is now located. Whether true or not, legend has it he learned that his wife was having an affair with the architect he had hired to design the building. He went down to the basement, overcome with her betrayal, and committed suicide. Another story that others believe is that Haversham actually hung himself because he was just distraught over his wife's death. So, I mean... You know, it's up to you. (laughs) Okay. You know, believe what you will. The supposed truth is much less operatic. Haversham died in 1799 with the listed cause of death simply being his declining health. Well, yeah, okay. Let's see. Honey had an affair. I'm just distraught over her death. I just died because I got old. Yeah, let's go one of the other two. (laughs) (laughs) The burial of someone who had committed suicide would not have been permitted in consecrated grounds at the time. So, oh, to yeah. some, the fact that James Haversham Jr. is buried with his father and brothers at Colonial Park Cemetery is proof that his suicide is false. But some believe that this simplistic version of the story was a cover-up at an attempt to stave off some of the shame that his suicide would have brought onto the family's name. Yeah, that kind of makes more sense. Sounds like the good old South. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that definitely, that sounds more like the South. We make sure folks know that we don't do the wrong thing. And we certainly will not desecrate the cemetery by putting um, this... Um, suicidal person in there. Unholy suicidal man in there. So, yeah, that, that, that story sounds a little realer. Why? Dun, dun, dun. That makes everything kind of fall together a little bit more mm-hmm. the popular old pink house restaurant is believed to actually be haunted by the apparition of its creator james habersham jr who has been said to appear frequently in the restaurant and has even been seen wearing his colonial garb while drinking ale patrons of the tavern have reported seeing mr habersham hanging around people watching enjoying those who visit his home And other guests have reportedly had conversations with someone dressed in colonial garb so realistically, in fact, that they believed this person to be a reenactor only for him to just vanish in the blink of an eye. Since the building became a restaurant in the 30s, employees have continued to see the ghost of James Haversham Jr. reportedly only between October and March as he tends to stay away from the summer heat. Duh, it's hot down here. (laughs) And back in his day, they didn't have any AC. Oh, no. Mm -mm. That's why I wasn't born back then. Mm -mm. 
He's also known to be a pin-neat gentleman. One recount that he often straightens table settings and puts chairs into their place. Someone else commented that sometimes if a server leaves her station kind of haphazard and messy, he'll come back when there's no one else down there and it'll be perfectly straight. Mm -hmm. I like that. His ghost has also been blamed for the mysterious lighting of candles that are placed on tables around the restaurant. Apparently, Mr. Habersham Jr. loves the idea of having lit candles on all the tables at all times. That's nice. And a waiter once recalled that he turned his back for a moment, continuing, continuing with some of his other duties. And when he turned back around, suddenly all the candles on every table had been lit. That's nice, though. You don't have to get every day on the table everyone. That's true. That's nice. He's he's handy. He isn't the only one hanging around, though. Several other spirits are known to occupy the old pink house. A Revolutionary War veteran, presumably the older brother, Joseph mm-hmm. Habersham, yeah. is known to visit the bar and ask visitors to raise their glass for a toast <laughs> with a joyous, drunken smile glazed onto his face. Okay. Well, you know, he was... um Devil May Care. Devil May Care. There you go. <laughs> But before you can take a drink from your glass, this jubilant soul will vanish. One of Haversham's descendants is also known to join in on the fun at the bar, even taking solid shape and ordering a few drinks. As the night winds down, he's been seen exiting the bar and walking to the cemetery, vanishing just as he nears the Button family monument where his body was buried. Well, I mean, duh. He had a few drinks. little tire, little... You know. You're drunk with the button go home. There you go. And so he just goes home. He goes <laughs> backward. I go lay down on my body. A female ghost has been spotted on the second floor numerous times and has been reportedly seen sobbing on several occasions by patrons and employees of the restaurant. One night after most of the staff had left, only the bartender and the manager remained. The manager told the bartender, the upstairs is all clear. It was then that they heard the sounds of a woman crying coming from the upstairs. The bartender asked the manager, do you hear that? The manager replied, no, I don't hear a thing and neither do you. We're getting out of here. <laughs> I feel you, man. And and seriously, if they heard a woman crying, man's going to get the heck out of Dodge. That's true. Now, if they have been spotted, if the man has been spotted by the poor, distraught, crying woman... And he's got to show a little bit of sympathy. But if you seen him yet, get, get, get your bag. Let's go. Let's, we out of here, dude. I don't care if she's alive today. Let's, let's go. Straight up. Ghost has nothing to do with that mingle. Run from tears. We'll let her out tomorrow morning. <laughs> they'll stay there for they'll stay there for a ghost, but good God, not tears. <laughs> well, they did. They quickly closed up and left as soon as yep. possible. Man. Former house servants have been seen as well, though merely just wandering about the building somewhat aimlessly. Kind of clueless about their current state. Poor things. I know. That's very this very sad. It's very sad because if if they're not taking care of the people of the house and all this and they don't have their job to follow, poor little things probably don't know what to do. For all eternity, I don't know what the heck I'm here for. That's sad. I know. But they're not angry or vengeful about their fate though. They just kind of wander peacefully. That's nice. Slave children who are believed to have died in like the fires from the era yeah. or um the illnesses of that time period, like yellow fever, they can be found playing, throwing dice against the wall in the former basement, which is now the tavern. 
Other children have also appeared taunting the staff, even hitting bartenders with wine bottles and playing tricks on guests as well. Some spirits have even taken a liking to locking women in the bathroom. <laughs> Leading the management to finally take the lock off of the door, which solved the problem to some degree, as the spirits on occasion will now hold the door shut, making the agitated patron forced to thrust open the door with all their might instead. <laughs> I was, that was so be me. If I was the ghost, that would be me. That's actually funny. <laughs> I would get a kick out of that. <laughs> Talking to the staff at the Pink House will yield some interesting accounts of ghostly hauntings over the years. Apparently, another spirit in the Pink House enjoys playing pranks on some of the diners at the restaurant. Menus, which are occasionally stood in the middle of the table, will fall forward on a guest for no reason. Inevitably, though, the menu will hit a glass of wine, knocking it onto the table or into the lap of the person trying to enjoy their meal. <laughs> These strange supernatural occurrences at the old pink house only add to the restaurant's charm. So, this next part I'm really excited about because we don't normally have fun facts like this come up in the episodes, but this house had a lot of interesting little fun facts that didn't really tie into the story it was just like interesting things that had been through in its history yeah so i kind of tried to compile some and i found out that the lot of land upon which the old pink house sits was originally a land grant from the british crown cool along with the hampton lilybridge house the old pink house is one of the few houses to survive the fire that hit savannah in 1796 that burnt over 200 homes to the ground the house that was home to James Habersham Jr. actually played host to many secret meetings for the independence of the 13 colonies. Nice. In 1811, the house became the first bank of Georgia, known as Planters Bank. Cool. Planters Bank may now be gone, but the old pink house has a more casual bar and tavern area that we've talked a good bit about that resides in the home's old cellar. And wouldn't you know it, they've named this area Planters Tavern. Makes sense. Just like with the rest of our history, good old General Sherman has to march his way into the story too. During the Civil War, Union General Zebulon York set up his headquarters in the old pink house during Sherman's march to the sea. The Bolton family, sister and brother-in-law of architect William J., occupied the house from 1804 to 1812. And if I remember correctly, William mm -hmm. J. was the one that built the Owen Thomas house. Yep, I think so. So, I would definitely say this house has a very colorful history, as well as an equally colorful outside. <laughs> yes, it does. I've always heard of the pink house. So yes. That's just so famous. For more than one reason. There you go. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I do all of the writing and compiling of all the different stories myself. And it means a lot that you guys will sit here and listen to what I have to say. If you would like to reach out to me on social media, you can go to Instagram and go to at Megan Noel Podcasts. So M-E-G-A-N-N-O-E-L Podcasts. Or my personal Instagram at the Megan Noel. Thank you guys so much for listening and I really appreciate it. If you guys could give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show, that would be 
amazing and we will be forever grateful. Thank you guys and I cannot wait to tell you the next story.